This week on This Weekend Learns Ball. Last week of the season. MVP candidates. Shit gets weird. How weird? Real weird. Excellent. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to This Week in Blurns Ball, where not all problems can be solved with chess. Deep Blue, someday you'll understand that. <laughs> I am your co-host, Ben Bloom. With me, as always, is executive producer, Jacob Morris. And dude, welcome to autumn. Feliz otoño a mi gente. It's soon October baseball. The leaves are changing colors. You're going to see, you know... Placido Polanco wearing the full balaclava once again. And it's that time of year where baseball is about to get competitive. We're getting real competitive with baseball. The pennant races are in full swing. There's a week left in the season. And, man, especially the National League, it's going to be a wild ride to the finish. There are three teams going for that one last spot. I don't think they could have scripted it better when they said we're going to expand the playoffs this season, that it would have been this wild of a ride. Absolutely. And, and this is why you, like, you still need to pay attention in this last week of the regular season. And there's a good chance that there's going to be Monday double headers if there's playoff implications involved, I think, because of the Cardinals missing so many games due to their internal COVID outbreak. If, there is still playoff implications. They could be playing extra baseball, as it were. But really, you know, the Phillies, Brewers, and Giants, I mean, I really want to see a rock, paper, scissors battle for them for game 163 on, on the Monday. That would be fun. That would be fun. I, I, that's the only thing I was disappointed in is that they aren't playing the, the game 163. It's that it's mathematical tiebreakers this year, which I understand. They're trying to cram everything in such a small amount of time. Although, man, I love some game 163. That is the most intense baseball. Um, and it always seems to be the Oakland A's involved in game 163 and some of the great past ones. I know the Cubs and Brewers have had, you know, a couple of great tilts to end out the calendar year. I mean, mostly I'm, I'm, I'm excited for baseball, which I haven't felt for a lot of this season. And for purely selfish reasons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for those of you listening to this, I was pointing despondently at my Red Sox three-quarter cut shirt, which... Actually, I really like the shade of red. It, it, it matches the redness of my face out of anger at what this season completely could have been and what it actually was. Just Yeah, your Red Sox were not particularly good this season. Uh, and we kind of looked at it coming into the shortened season and said, man, this could be iffy for the Sox, but I don't think anybody had them being this bad. Yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 Pittsburgh Pirates level is, is where the Sox were at. And, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, starting with the divine retribution for the trade of Mookie Betts. Yes, that is exactly what it was, is that you don't trade arguably the second best player in the world and then expect things to go right for you. Yes, we're going to replace Mookie Betts with Kevin Pillar. That'll definitely go well for our team. I mean, Mookie Betts is the best non-Mike Trout baseball player in the universe. And that's how I like to, to phrase it. But really, I mean, in another world, not to quote Star Trek directly, in another world, Verdugo could have been a friend. He could have been, and he still might be, but yeah. he he's but no. not Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts he, is the only Mookie Betts. 
And again, for the past, I'd say, couple weeks, I've been straining to find a silver lining in this playbook. And Bobby Dahlbeck only hitting home runs? I like that. I like Christian Arroyo being the other Christian on the team and kicking ass. Tanner Houck was stellar against the Nye Yankees on Sunday. There are good pieces, but there's also a lack of Mookie Betts. Oh, also, no, no rotation because they're all either injured, bad, or seriously ill, which is just genuinely a real-life concern. But, I mean, a high draft pick? Draft picks don't mean shit in baseball unless it's Bryce Harper. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, I'm looking at they got the Jays got Austin Martin this year and are now turning around and making the playoffs. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. Nor should you be. I mean, wow. Like right now, like they're, they're in the mix for potentially a higher seat, but they're looking like a strong number eight going up against uh, the Tampa Bay Montreal (sighs) X-rays. Oh boy. The little trough yeah. of horrors. I am. I mean, the Jays played the Rays very well this season. They went four true. and six. Of those six losses, four were only by a single run. But there's something about going into the trough for meaningful games that just has me horrified. But the good news is, and we can cycle back to the Jays in a second, they won't have to go ugly-ass tent in St. Petersburg. They will be playing in one of the nicest ballparks in America. No, the the play-in round, round one, is at the home team ballparks. Then okay, there's for real? Double. Yeah. Oh, here I was looking ahead at the schedule to, you know, San Diego. <laughs> yes. Which been- we'll get to them in a second. But yeah, I mean, since you... Our, you know, King Bubble, which I think was the start, not a SpongeBob character. Like, was there a King Bubble? Or Bubble Bass was the one who had the super elaborate order. And Squidward's like, we serve burgers here. Yes, that was Bubble Bass, all right. And then he stole the pickles. Fishy bastard. (laughs) So, yeah, the higher seed will play host in the first round. And then for the DS and CS, they'll be going to the scenic bubble locations of Southern California and Eastern Texas. Texas? Yeah, Eastern Texas. Um, And then the World Series, of course, being played at the new ballpark in Arlington, which is located on the scenic parking lot of the old ballpark in Arlington. And even calling it old is like calling us old. I'm pretty sure that ballpark was We're older than that ballpark. Fuck off. Yeah, 25 years old. Remember when the biggest mistake a president could make would be trading Sammy Sosa? Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, but we'll get to fucking vote later in the episode. We'll get to that later. The big story, of course, is El Capitan, Alejandro Kirk. El I mean, Capitan. Man, I need that to be a nickname. That needs to be his nickname. Like, El Capitan Kirk. He's from the happiest place on earth, Tijuana, Mexico. (laughs) Oh, man, he is fun to watch, dude. Like, he's, he's got, you know, like, deceptive wheels, a hell of a bat. And, I mean... The Jays need, like, infusion of energy. They need, I, I, they need, they need a productive catcher. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. They did not well, have production. wasn't playing young man wrist hockey. Yeah, they did not have production from the catcher at all this season. Uh, and going back to the back half of last season, it's been a bit of a black hole. And, man, did he have a game last night so we're recording this on tuesday the 22nd we're talking about his four hit game on monday night against the yankees uh a double two singles his first career home run and one of those singles was a long single high off the wall um would have been a home run in about a dozen parks and weird it wasn't a home run at salem bandbox <laughs> like yeah. i mean that place is a launching pad 
which won't help them in the playoffs, but made for a statistically enjoyable season. Yes, it did. And they're closing out their season there. They've got this one last homestand, and that could help put them into a little bit better of a playoff spot. I mean, there's there's still a lot of room for potential movement in the American League. And, I mean, right now, let, like, let, let's go top to bottom. You've got uh, Tampa, the White Sox, who, I mean, they have two potential MVPs on their team in uh, Tim Anderson and uh, Jose Abreu. Uh, you've got Oakland, who they're doing their Oakland thing. You've got the Twins. You've got a Bomba. The Bomba squad is back and bombaying, which is improper Spanish, improper Spanglish too. I'll allow it. You've got, you've got the Yankees, who everyone can be injured. They 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 they're, they're Hydra. The friggin' Hydra, they're, man. They like, are a Hydra. Cut off one head, and two yeah. more shall take its place. Plus all these secret, you know, hiding letters from the commissioner detailing their wrongdoings. Yeah. Like, at least the, the Houston Astros had the decency to be open and stupid about their evil. The Yankees, like, you know, El Hydra. El Hydra. That was me, like, doing a tie. <laughs> El Hydra. This is why... Oh, God. Man. Rewatching Winter Soldier is a blast. Yeah, oh man. Uh, it is one of the most fun MCU films. Uh, and it really set the Absolutely. tone for that whole second phase. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, going back to you know baseball, baseball villains, you've got the, the Houston Astros, you've got the Clevelands, and then you have the Buffalo Blue Cheese just rounding it out. And then Seattle, if things go disastrously right for them and disastrously wrong for Buffalo... I mean, with a magic number of three, it would have to be disastrous. I mean, we're talking worse than the collapse of 87. Uh, but so you're saying there's a chance. So we're saying there's a chance. And of course, you know, like just outside of the playoff picture, likely to miss it the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of Orange County of mightiness. But you know what? They, they don't need to make the playoffs because, you know, it's Anaheim. They, they would, they'd get swept in the first round anyway. But Albert Pujols passing Willie Mays on the all-time home runs list, that was amazing to see. That was cool to watch. That was very cool to watch. Now, it's been... A little sad to watch Pujols the last few years. He's very much a shell of his former self. Uh, and him having that negative wins above replacement value last year, that was that was a little bit of a cringe. But mm-hmm. for him to reach this historic milestone, I mean, there's only a handful of players who even hit 600 home runs. So for him to be passing Willie and the only, the only guys ahead of him on the home run list now are Babe Ruth, uh, Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds. That's that's and elite. Alex Rodriguez. Oh yeah, that's right. A Rod. A Rod hit seven hundred, didn't he? I think he got six ninety six. If my math serves me, that's an elite check. company to be in. I've just wiped A Rod from my memory. Yeah, I mean he's a fun broadcaster, but let's not forget he was a dick on the diamond. Yep, A Rod six ninety six home runs, and yeah, I mean, of the the only four guys ahead of him, only like 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 again, Hank Aaron did it clean, Babe Ruth somehow did it dogs. clean, Bonds and A Rod, big old big old Balco uh, Guerrero shaped cloud. Yeah. Uh, and Pujols has done it completely clean as far as we know. He's never been implicated in anything. Um, and he did it in two not particularly hitter-friendly ballparks in yeah. St. Louis and Anaheim. I mean, he played the back half of his career in the AL West, which is not conducive to power hitters. And he, he played at Old Bush back when it was a cookie-cutter stadium. New Bush, it's still a pretty big ballpark, like all things considered. They made it Midwestern big when they built the New Bush Stadium. And 
No, no, tip of the cap to him for sure, especially for all the work he does, you know, for children on the autism spectrum and just everything he's done um, in the Dominican Republic. And just for, by all accounts, everything we've read, just, just a really stand-up dude who, yeah, had some, like, back half of career struggles. But you know what? Like, when he was on, fuck, dude, he was unstoppable when yeah. he was on. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, and multiple time World Series champion with with some pretty formidable Cardinals teams. Oh yeah, I mean, I wonder what the Cardinals dynasty could have been like if he'd have stayed in St. Louis. I think it would have made the 2013 World Series a lot tighter. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong, like, like it, it was a pretty strong Sox team and a pretty strong Cardinals team. But, you know, tipping the like, – d- does that series go seven games with, with Pujols back on the Cardinals, or was he already over the, the hill, so to speak, at that point? That's fair, but, I mean, with Pujols playing first base for the Cardinals or DHing in the, uh, in the games in Boston – that could make a big difference. I mean, that would be a fun what if to look back on. And speaking of the Cardinals, right now they're in the sixth seed in the National League because, again, the Cardinals, they just find ways to keep being... Cardinal magic, man. They've got that... There's some magic in that system, and they just keep keeping on. Yeah, and to wrap up the rest of the National League, you've got the Dodgers because, again, divine retribution for one team is divine intervention for another. <laughs> they, they are they're, they're ridiculous. The Dodgers are freaking ridiculous. Then you've got the Cubs. You've got the Wolf David Ross managing the hell out of that team. You've got the Atlanta. You, you've got Atlanta who just incredible young talent. You've got and Slam Diego. They're back, baby. They are back, and they are pissed off. There's, there's going to be some great playoff matchups in the NL. Now, mm-hmm. Atlanta is a great story with Freddie Freeman, who we were concerned wasn't even going to play this year after he had the, uh, the testing positive for corona. His fever hit 104. He was afraid he was going to die is how bad it was. He came back, he's played the full season, and he's had an MVP caliber season. You put his numbers up against Tatis, and, like, you can make an argument that Freeman should be the MVP. You can absolutely make that argument. I mean, yeah, like, we were worried for the guy's, like, like life. And, you know, he comes back, and, like, he's, like, the anchor of that team. And it's been amazing to watch. I mean... I've found myself watching a lot more National League games this year for obvious reasons. I can't imagine what those are. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, like, I think Tatis Machado, Manny Machado having a stellar season, do they split the vote? Yeah, that's Uh, entirely possible. Because we now know that for all things, MVP voting is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. And the system, they really should just say vote for one guy. None of this 5 yeah. 4 3 2 1 stuff. It's, and then like having a point system. Like, I literally, like, I, I understand the electoral college better than I understand how baseball MVPs get chosen. And, and, and I'm not even hyperbolizing here. I literally know what the electoral college is. Yeah, I get the electoral college. The baseball MVP system is just weird. The runner up can actually win. Well, I mean, so can the Electoral College, but that's another story. So, really, they are the same thing, and we should abolish both. Yes. One person, one vote. Yeah, we'll, 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 do, we'll do a Greek style. Let me rephrase that. But rounding out the rest of the National League, you've got the Phantom Marlins. You've got the Cardinals. You've got the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Who saw this coming? Joey Votto saw this coming. Joey Votto, that curmudgeonly Canuck bastard, 
Like, he is just so surly, but secretly probably lovable. Oh, he is absolutely lovable. Did you see what he offered Kawhi Leonard when he wanted Kawhi Leonard to stay? <laughs> you could have my Metro Pass. I don't know how much is on it, but you could have it. I mean, like, like put Joey Votto on, 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 the, on the loony. Like, yeah. at this point, he's earned it. And then, of course, the Philadelphia Phillies just rounding things out. But, like we said earlier, the Brewers, the Giants could cause trouble there, which would make us laugh at Bryce Harper more, which is always fun. It is always fun to laugh at Bryce Harper. They could cause trouble in that their bubble. Oh, God. He, he would be just, you know, Tasmanian devil in a telephone booth. Yeah. Oh, boy. But what I'm really looking forward to is because of the way that the seedings line up and uh, it's going to be divisional-based DSs, we're going to have potentially the Padres and the Dodgers in the NLDS. And as disappointing as... I call them the Dodgers. (laughs) And as disappointing as that is that it's not going to be in the CS because it absolutely should be, that is going to be one hell of a series to watch. Oh, for sure. And you could potentially have Cubs Cardinals in the DS as well, which, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, years and years ago, like the, the one game I saw at Wrigley field was a day game Cubs Cardinals. Holy shit. It's a different animal, dude. Oh yeah. I mean, Wrigley's a different animal altogether, but man, that ride with other animals. That rivalry is something else. Mm-hmm. And you have the potential for, you know, Yankees Rays, even Yankees Blue Jays is a possibility. Because yeah. as much as we love the Twins, it's Twins, Yankees in the playoffs. We know, we know what's how happening. Yeah. Although I'd love to see the A's just shut up the Astros. Oh, that'd be Mostly great. just to see the Astros lose. And Anytime the Astros lose is a good time. And man, like the, the White Sox, like I, I'm throwing, I'm, thro- I'm changing my laundry. I'm, I'm throwing in with my uncle's team for this one. So if I can say go Sox in October, I'm going to say it. Socktober? Socktober! Oh man, when, when the Rockies did it with Rocktober, it was like, oh shit, none of us ever thought of this yet. Yeah. And then, and then now everyone does it and it's like, Sure. sure. Oriole-tober. Why not? Twin-tober. I guess that's cool. I mean, red-tober? That doesn't really make it sense. It makes sense. October. Sure. Dodge-tober? Dodge-tober sounds like, like the gremlin of the GM cars. Yes. The Dodge-tober. <laughs> Don't get it wet. Trop-tober. That would work, though. That works. But, of course, they're not playing at the trop. You're not playing at the Trop. No, I'm not. Why would I ever play at the Trop? It's the Trop. That is a good point. I mean, I remember um, like when I was in high school, like I tried out for varsity baseball in grade nine, did not make it by a long shot. And they played like an exhibition game at the Sky Dome. And I was just like, just oh, seething with jealousy. That's cool. That's cool. And it was the last year they, that was the last year they did it. And then a couple years ago, like a close uh, buddy of mine, a colleague, hell, hell of a guy, him and his dad won a contest to be part of Jay's fantasy camp at the Dome. And they gave him the full uni. Oh. They played an exhibition game on the turf. I mean, I'm pretty sure he squibbed a single at the Sky Dome, which, again, like a life highlight. And he's had a pretty good life, all things yeah. considered. Uh, man, if I ever had the money, I would go to fantasy camp. Like, it's just kind of that awesome thing. Yeah, you want to punch Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Kramer. Um, oh, my God. You know, it's like for normal fantasy camp, it's what, like 35-year-old minimum age? Yeah. We're getting close, dude. We're getting We're- close. I mean, I, like... Personally, I would just want to hang out with Kevin Euclid. I'd go to his brewery, hang out with him at his brewery for the day. 
Also, again, this podcast is brought to you by the Greek God of Hops podcast. Go listen to it. It's Kevin Euclid. He talks to Adam Sandler. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that is pretty awesome. Kevin, if you're listening, and why are you listening? This is schlock. This is absolute schlock. But if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Schlock and more schlock. I mean, I still have, like, like I have my Kevin Euclid 07 World Series jersey in my closet. I mean, I was compared to Kevin Euclid the other day with my shaved head and playoff the beard. beard. Yeah. I see and, it. I mean, shave, I will take that as the highest compliment. <laughs> the shaved head, the playoff beer, the love of all things Red Sox. Yes. Yep. I mean, the Hebraic awesomeness. I mean, he's got Hebraic awesomeness. I've got Hebraic averageness. There's Hebraicness. There's some Hebraicity to it. <laughs> We're just making up words now. That's what we do here. This week in Blurns Ball, makers up of words. Um, it, it is fun to be back, and you know what's also fun? What? Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Oh my god, dude, 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 dude! It is. This is the part dude. of the podcast where we freak out about Cobra Kai. We're entirely not talking about baseball anymore. If I think we're done talking about baseball this week. You can shut us off if you're here for the baseball part. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're so welcome. And tune in next week when we start talking about the actual playoffs. I mean, like, we know that it's going to be an exciting finish for the baseball team, but nothing is as exciting as seeing Cobra freaking Kai. Yes, we know. It was on YouTube two years ago. None of us did anything about it. We didn't want to pay for YouTube. We apologize now that we are on YouTube. We should be we should have paid for it. William Zabka is the greatest William actor ever. And that includes William Shatner. I mean Shatner's just Shatnering all over the place, but yes. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, for one, way to rebrand William Zabka, Oscar nominated filmmaker William Zabka. Yeah, that is a rebrand. But also it takes everything good about the Karate Kid series and brings it to the modern era. Yeah. It makes it better. It's like, I, I liken it to Kimmy Schmidt for bros. That's, because it is very much that. That is what it is. It's an awesome analogy. And, of course, it takes Barney Stinson's, you know, illegal head kick and makes it canon. It was it's an real. illegal head kick. It was a high kick. It was, and holy shit, it flips it all around. Now, now Danny LaRusso is the bad guy. And again, the show, the reason the show works is because it's so fluid with good and bad, because there are times where clearly Johnny is in the wrong, and there are times where Johnny's the good guy, and, and Daniel LaRusso's the jerk. And it's so good. The kids, the kid actors are exceptional. The kid actors are terrific in it. Where did they find these kid actors? Kid actors are usually terrible. So, so Hawk, I remember him from an episode of Parks and Rec where he wants to join the Pawnee goddesses saying, you have candy. I like candy. Give us the candy. He's just like the deadpan, adorable child grows up to be Eli Hawk Moskowitz. I mean... I mean, Sholem Maradona is incredible as Miguel. Like, he's a great, like, new generation of Cobra Kai. And, of course, you know, Sam LaRusso, like, Mary Mauser does a great job with her. Also, Secret Son Betrayal. They go full Shakespeare on this shit. I don't know who wrote this show, but they aren't getting enough money for it. Geniuses wrote this show. Let's see, like... I mean, like, the, the people who created it are, like, Josh Held, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg. I'm sure there's a great team of writers, too, that I haven't been able to, to Google at this exact moment. They brought back Martin Cove. John Kreese, man. They brought back everybody. The only person they didn't bring back was Mr. Miyagi, and that's because he's dead. I'm pretty sure. R.I.P. Pat Morita. Yes, Pat Morita. I mean... And he had a hell of an acting career outside of Karate Kid. You know who they, who I don't think they're going to bring back? Jaden Smith. I, I, think, I think they're going to just steer clear of that hole. 
things. They didn't even talk about karate. He didn't even learn karate in that reboot. He learned kung fu. And there's already a genre-defining kung fu movie, and it, of course, is Kung Fu Panda. Yes. Terrific kung fu movie. Jack Black the panda? I mean, I'm pretty sure he is a panda in real life. School of Rock, there was a panda in that movie. It was him. It was him. I I believe that had canon. (laughs) But the point is, as I forget how to breathe... If you have not seen Cobra Kai, go watch Cobra Kai. Why are you not watching Cobra Kai? It is so good, Cobra Kai. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, um, well worth the Netflix subscription. There's a lot of good stuff there. Netflix, it's good, new. (laughs) Yes, and now we go from the fun to the serious. It's time for fucking vote. This is the segment where we remind people to exercise their civic right and vote. Uh, We are 42 42 days away from the American election, and there was an election called in British Columbia literally yesterday. Uh, who, Who calls an election during a pandemic where you have the option not to? Johnny Horgan. I mean... It's it's a classic Johnny Horgan move. The only reason I can say that is because I know enough people who cover BC politics that I can be like, of course he's going to do this. Like it's it's in his playbook. And there are certain elected officials who, in this position, if they could, they would. And I mean, we saw what happened in New Brunswick. The the reigning PC party got a majority, which, I mean, for a lot of people, that's proof of concept that this works. But again, nothing is ever, you know, clean cut when it comes to elections. But we digress. For our American listeners, for our American citizens living in Canada, happy National Voter Registration Day. That's too fucking day. Yes. Registered holiday. Yeah, it should be a holiday. Just like election day ought to be a holiday. Everybody should get the day off to go vote. But the reason some companies... Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, that's... Go on. But I was going to say, but the reason we're telling you to go vote today is because elections have consequences. There's so many people that say, oh, well, what's the point? They're the same. No, they're fucking not. The two parties in the American system and the multiple parties in the Canadian system are very different. And elections determine who holds power. And not only that, it puts people into power for longer terms. The president has the opportunity to appoint Supreme Court justices. In fact, in the last election, part of the election was over. Who would get the right to appoint the next Supreme Court justice? And there's one up for appointment now again. Um, Rest in peace. Uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the most influential justices in the history of the American system, uh, who passed away. She was was terrific, uh, and a terrific person from everything I've heard about her. But we're now in the process of voting. Early voting is opened in a number of states and talking about appointing a new Supreme Court justice. Um, And the, the president whoever gets elected is going to appoint this person. Uh, And it will change the base of the American Supreme Court for a generation. Absolutely. And a quick flashback to 2016, when I believe it was uh, Justice uh, Anton Scalia who had died, and there was a Democrat in the White House, the Republican Senate log-jammed up the uh, confirmation of Merrick Garland... And now that same Republican Senate is trying to speed fast through track. someone to yeah. fast track. That's such a fucking great word. Damn it. Now I'm, now I'm tripping. Now I'm trying to fast track it. So again, even voting for your senator, voting for your congressman, these like every vote at every level makes a difference and has consequences. Yeah. Uh, also, 
voting at your state level, voting for things like governor and secretary of state. And secretary of state is elected in a lot of states, which I find particularly weird. Uh, determines mm -hmm. things like uh, congressional races within your state, how money is going to be allocated to things like schools, police departments, uh, all those civic services, and will determine how elections will be contested in the future. They determine the rules under which future elections are fought. Your vote makes a difference. And again, just to put a bow on it, nationalvoterregistrationday.org. There's a ton of great information on this website. It's a nonpartisan website. It shows you how to register. It shows you how to be a part of the organization. It brings further awareness to getting people aware of their registration status, how they can register, and you know other voting information. This is an unsolicited plug. I mean, neither of us are American citizens. <laughs> we, will, we will put that there. It's like if you want to disregard what we're saying, that is your absolute right. Nationalvoterregistrationday.org. If you're curious for more information, if you are eligible to vote in the U.S. election. And if you're a Canadian, there is information on how to become registered to vote in your upcoming election for our BC listener. And we said listener singular. Yeah, there, there is actually several BC listeners. Yo, for real? Yeah, for real. Like three. Okay, so the three of you. Fucking vote. Fucking vote, guys. It's really, it's not hard either. And in BC, it's on a weekend. It's a Saturday this time. And again, we know there's a goddamn pandemic going on right now. Canada, they really need to step up and make sure voting can be done safely and that there is minimal, minimal, minimal fucking risk because you should not have to choose between, you know, exercising your democratic rights and protecting your own health. Their mail-in ballots, I have to believe, are going to be an option for this election. You know, safe voting spaces, I mean. Vote early. Vote. Early voting, of course. Vote early. You can go to an early voting station. You can go to the uh, central register in your riding or in your congressional district if you're American. There are all kinds of options for voting early so that you don't have to vote and line up with lots of people on election day. And again, vote early, vote often. Wait, no, don't vote don't often. Vote That's often. a felony. Yes. Fuck. That is a felony. <laughs> don't commit felonies. Do not, felonies are bad. Uh, uh, so, so we've been told. <laughs> yes. Remember, vote. That's the most important thing here. Vote. Nationalvoterregistrationday.org or vote.gov if you're American. And we'll find the appropriate BC site and post it in the show notes. Absolutely. Because again, if and when Canada calls its next election, we will tell you to fucking vote. Because, you know, Canada. We We're have based. to exercise our democratic right too. Everybody should exercise their democratic rights wherever they are. Uh, just worth catering to our listeners. Yes. And, you know, while we're on the subject of important things, I mean, great news from Major League Baseball and the Players Association who are jointly committing $10 million to the Players Alliance. And it's going to help them improve representation of black athletes in all levels of baseball and provide greater opportunities for the black community in the sport. And that's fucking great to see. And that's that is, what everyone should be applauding that. That is terrific to see. Uh, the proportion of representation of black athletes in baseball has been steadily declining for like the last 30 years. So that they're taking concrete action through funding of programs to encourage the representation of these athletes at all levels is a great first step towards encouraging uh, more color, more people of color to play baseball. And that's the first step. This is a leadoff single. This is this this is a leadoff single with a with a chance to set the table and do more to go full baseball analogy. So now the next step. Let's see what happens next. Let's see. 
what comes in from Major League Baseball's existing corporate partners, from other entities within the sport to make baseball reflective, more reflective of the countries it's played in. And I said countries because, of course, it's, a, it's an international sport. It's a global sport. Like, we want, we want, these, we want these positive developments across the board in baseball. Yeah. Baseball is played across the globe, and it should be far more reflective of the people that play it. Uh, which, which sadly it hasn't been of late. No. And yeah, I mean, like, again, we know who we are as podcast hosts. We just want, we, we know that we veer off into the goofy nonsense with, with absolute ease, but we hope that when things do take on a more serious or somber tone that you appreciate it too, because that's baseball. Base, baseball, for my money, is the most reflective of real life of all the sports. You know, it's day in, day out. There are real struggles that go on, and it's very, it, it should be more representative of the people who love it so much. Yeah, uh, I think that really puts a bow on that, Ben. That's a really good way to put it. And now for something completely different. Thanks, John Cleese. Oh, God. <laughs> it's time for Connery's Corner. <laughs> For those of you who are new to the podcast, but no, what took you so long? <laughs> and speaking of two Jews talking over coffee, the other day I went to go get a coffee and I saw two older men, one wearing a Brooklyn Dodgers hat, sitting outside a cafe talking about, I didn't want to eavesdrop or get too close, but I'm pretty sure that's us in 60 years. Yeah, pretty much. That's us in 60 years. <laughs> Even the other day something about being flexible like Gumby and I started thinking about Eddie Murphy and these two guys were Eddie Murphy as the old Jewish guy in coming to America it was amazing (laughs) that's amazing I'm Gumby damn it he was a bum a nudnik pokey fella schmuck he's as flexible as Gumby and as strong as Hercules Gumbercules? I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what are we talking about? Connery's Corner? So, we've decided to go with an actual good Sean Connery movie this week. It's where Sean Connery. We're tired of bad Connery movies. We're deciding to go from Avengers to Zardoz. Now let's do something good. We're talking about the one where Sean Connery met Nick Cage. That's right. It's Michael Bay time. It's The (laughs) Rock. Welcome to The Rock. This is, without a doubt, the 90s-est movie, and that includes Face Off. This out-90s-es Face Off. I mean, there are explosions. There is military porn. There is offensive lines and characters that right now we watch back and be like, oh, someone should have caught that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that that screams 90s that wasn't in it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they wanted to have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Let's cut the chit-chat a-hole. I am just a biologist. I am not a field agent. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't have the same ring. No, it really doesn't. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the movie, Nick Cage plays a a biologist who is deployed to Alcatraz Island when it's taken over by a paramilitary force who are threatening San Francisco with nerve agent missiles in exchange for $81 million of ransom uh, because of uh, colleagues who were killed during a raid. And he is partnered with Sean Connery, who is the only man ever to escape from Alcatraz successfully, and he was put in Alcatraz because he stole American government secrets. And they, because they know all about Alcatraz, have to take down this military, this paramilitary force to prevent them from wiping out uh, San Francisco with nerve agents. Also, the bad guy is, oh shoot, who's the bad guy? I had it. Ed Harris. Ed Harris, yes. The man in black from Westworld. 
Yeah, and also Ed Harris from every Ed Harris movie. And the best part about Frank Hummel, he's actually a good guy, right? That's such yeah. a twist. Yeah, because his his son was killed, and the U.S. Uh, the U.S. government didn't recognize it because it was covert black ops, you know, like under under the table bullshit. And that's what he's disgruntled about is that you know his son and other of his you know fellow service people were not getting compensation for dying on illegal ass missions, which is like okay, so America's the bad guy, but also America's the good guy in this movie and, and also i'm pretty sure john mason is just james bond yeah that's the idea he plays james bond uh also he was never actually going to fire the nerf gas missiles in san francisco it was all a bluff yeah because ed harris is the good guy yeah so let's get back to the real tete-a-tete nick cage gets out crazied by Sean Connery. Yes. Now this was of course he does. This was during the phase where Nick Cage, good or bad, was a question. Was Nick Cage a good actor or a bad actor? We really weren't oh. sure. Love that episode of Community. I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> oh man. I mean, there's some great lines like, oh um, hi. Stan Goodspeed, FBI. Well, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song, Rocket Man? I don't like that shit. Oh, oh. you know, I bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. Fires a rocket at a guy. <laughs> Real dialogue from that goddamn movie. I mean. Such a ridiculous movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's hilarious. And the back and forth between, between Connery and Cage is amazing. It's like, may I also suggest a haircut? Am I out of style? Unless you're a 20-year-old guitarist from Seattle, it's a grunge thing. Watch grunge. <laughs> I mean, just everything about this movie is amazing. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, at one point, you know, are, are you all right? Yeah, it's perfectly okay, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, this movie was over-the-top, 90s, ridiculous action movie all the way through. It's so much fun. And we know Michael Bay is the worst. He is objectively just bad. Yeah. This is perhaps the one good Michael Bay movie. Maybe the first Transformers movie. I mean... Wait, did he do Armageddon? he was one of them. Was he Armageddon or Deep Impact? I, for, I always forget which one. I get the two confused all the time. I mean, it, I believe he was Armageddon because I know on the director's commentary, um, if you ever watch the, the unsolicited director's commentary where Ben Affleck is like, hey, asshole, why are we sending drillers to the moon? Wouldn't we rather teach astronauts how to drill? Yeah, and then Michael Bay told him to shut his whore mouth, and I'm like, "Wow, okay." Yeah, that sounds like Armageddon. Wouldn't it be easier I mean, to teach? Wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts how to drill? Well, I mean, and why do they have to be the best drillers? I mean, everyone in movies is always the best of something, which is another Ben Affleck unsolicited director's cut. Yeah, like, that's why Ben Affleck cut of Armageddon. That's why Ben Affleck is such a great director. He is, and that's why he's a perfectly okay actor. Yeah, he's an okay Batman. He's I mean, a good Batman. I loved him as Batman, and, I mean, it's not his fault that, you know, Jesse Eisenberg went all Jesse Eisenberg on it. Yeah. Who, again, Mark Zuckerberg, just do that. Zuckerberg would have been a great Luthor. He is a great Luthor. He is a great Luthor. Mark Zuckerberg is the real world Lex Luthor. All we need is for him to lose his hair. So to wrap things up, can we just cut the chit-chat a-hole? I give this movie 10 missiles out of a potential 10 missiles. (laughs) 
And I give this movie 12 out of 10 gifts of Sean Connery saying, welcome to The Rock, <laughs> which I said ad nauseum the last time I was in San Francisco, including when I was supposed to be in a professional capacity. Everywhere I went was welcome to The Rock. <laughs> it's, it's a terrific, terrific, if a little problematic, movie. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean... And plus, tons of great, like, wait a minute, that actor's in it? Like, Dr. Cox is one of the crazy paramilitary dudes, because why not? Yeah, why not? This this whole movie was nuts. John C. McGinley, he would be a great, you know, like, person to have a Conroy's Corner about. He's been in a bunch of movies. Platoon, Point Break. He was, was, you know, of course, Scrubs. (laughs) We're going to Keanu Reeves Conroy's Corner, aren't we? Keanu's Corner. Ooh. a con Dios, Patrick Swayze. Uh, but the one thing we didn't mention, although Ben alluded to it, the original casting for the Nick Cage role, they wanted to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, and Arnold turned it down because, and I quote, he didn't understand the script. I mean, there was a lot of nuance for a Michael Bay movie, which, of course, sliding scale of things, it isn't exactly, you know, waiting for Godot, but, you know, VX nerve agents and, you know, tours of Alcatraz and, you know, way too much helicopter porn because, of course, Michael Bay. But yeah, it's like reading Jean-Paul Sartre, except, you know, with Mountain Dew! (laughs) No, I will say, I think Nick Cage made a more convincing, you know, biologist than Arnold. And I think Nicolas Cage Corner would be great to have because, you know, he won an Oscar. He also did Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans, which (laughs) had somehow three colons in its title. Yeah, somehow. Cage's Corner would be a good one. That's just a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode. It's pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure Nicolas Cage is... I, I, we're getting too much into all bad territory about Nick Cage, but mostly Connery outcrazies him, which is a rare feat and an applaudable feat. It's too bad it all went downhill for him from there. Yes, this was peak Cage. Peak Cage! Peak Cage! And also peak Twilight Connery. Yes. Like Twilight of his career, not, Twilight. you know, sparkly vampires and werewolves with emotions. But what if Connery had been in Twilight? You better hold on tight, spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it. I, I mean, Kristen can... Stewart, heck of an actor. I feel like that would be a great pair. <laughs> yeah. Sean Connery pairs well with anyone. He's like a shitty wine. <laughs> Speaking of wine... You've had red wine. You've had white wine. Have you ever had green wine? You mean slurm? <laughs> it's highly addictive. I should have used Vigno Verge for slurm because it's quite drinkable and it's quite a good time. Okay. Good to know. Green, it's the naturalist color made from secretions from a Portuguese space slug. <laughs> I think this brings us to the Futurama episodes of the week. Yes, it does. I have a feeling we picked the same one. Do we risk it by saying this episode title at the same time? No, I think you go first. All right, so I'm going to go with one that works on so many levels, Decision 3012. (laughs) Ah, that's a great one. I mean, it's got everything from political intrigue, it's got Terminator references, it's got Bender exclaiming it doesn't really matter who you vote for, because, of course, Nixon always wins. It's got Senator C. Zaxar Travers. Isn't that right, Justice Ginsburg? You, Ruth Bader, believe it. Of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg made an incredible, indelible impact on the world beyond just being a throwaway line on a Futurama episode. Let's not gloss over that. But again, 
Leela gets involved in the political process. Her candidate, turns out, is from the future, in a future where the world is overrun by a robot uprising led by B.B. Rodriguez. <laughs> and of course, when you vote for the candidate who promises to get rid of Nixon, his very causality ends up making Nixon win, ultimately, at the same time, after all. Yes. Now, I was saving that episode for the week of the election. Ooh, that would have been good. We can always do, like, a deep dive on that episode. But, you know, if you want my opinion, Nixon's only chance of beating Travers is with filthy lies, dirty tricks, and good old Quaker thuggery. And I'm just the guy for the job. Oh, Quaker thuggery. Nixon was such a thug. He was the fucking worst. Like, he was just objectively a bad dude. Are you wearing a wire? I'm 40% wire. (laughs) Oh, Bender. Now, I went with a Bender-centric episode, an early episode. Hell is other robots. (laughs) Cigars are evil. You won't miss them. You won't miss them. We have ways to simulate that smell here in level one of robot hell. Yeah. Yeah. First appearance of the robot Neville. Uh, First appearance of the Church of Robotology. And also, the Beastie Boys were in it. (laughs) I had all five of your albums. Hey, fool, that was a thousand years ago. We've got seven now. Man, I was disappointed when the Beastie Boys came out with an eighth album. Just to invalidate that. Although I love the acapella version of, oh my God, it's a mirage. Listen, y'all, it's a a sabotage. Sabotage. Peace, we out. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Oh, man, the barbershop, not acapella. Well, potato tomato. Great. Love that episode. Yeah. That was. Remember when Bender gets the. Globalism out of robot hell. <laughs> and they, Leela literally beat the robot devil with a golden fiddle. Oh, man. Oh, the golden fiddle. That's such a great scene. Oh, man. Wait, robot hell's in New Jersey? Has to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> robot oh, hell. Robot hell. Oh, man, that was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, because musical. They, that oh, was yeah. one of the first ones where they busted out their musical talent, and they are especially musically talented as well. And, I mean, that's, like, for some shows, having musical episodes works great. Like, Bob's Burgers, I'm pretty sure the Bob's Burgers movie is going to be a musical. Yeah, pretty Which much. also, there's a Bob's Burgers movie, and I'm freaking out! We've, we've left too much silence for a podcast now. We have, yeah. Sorry, I just had to let me clear my throat, which, of course, Beastie Boys. What? So, I think we've now dealt with our Futurama episodes of the week. Do we have classic games of the week? Yes, I do, because me being the, you know, life comes and goes, but the Red Sox are forever type of guy. I'm throwing it back September 21st, 2006. David Ortiz further cements himself in Red Sox lore with his record-breaking 51st home run, breaking the tie with Jimmy Fox. He becomes the all-time single-season home run Red Sox king. He, He finishes the year with 54 homers and notably hits the 51st homer off of Johan Santana, a name we have not said in a very long time. That's a very old name. I mean, he was killer when he was in his prime with the Twins. I mean, like all things, everything went wrong when he went to the Mets. But Johan Santana was fearsome for a very long time. Yeah. Johan Santana was really good. For a very long time. And he's one of those guys who he was underappreciated in his time because mm. of how good the hitting was in part. And also because of yeah. how he, he was like Roy Halladay. He burned fast and he burned bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that Doc is in the Hall of Fame, there's a very good argument to be made for, well, Halladay's in the Hall of Fame, so Johan Santana should be in the Hall of Fame too. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, you look at his numbers, he's, he's got a case. And again, Hall of Fame voting, that's like the Electoral College on uh, Surge. Like, fuck, why not? Yeah. Surge! <laughs> Tantrum! And also, I just like talking about David Ortiz because he makes me happy and, you know, not much does. Yeah, it's been a sad <laughs> season for Red Sox fans. But, I mean... We have lots of positive memories to comfort ourselves with. In, you know, recent history. There was a yeah, lot of I mean, sadness in between. Yeah, like, our, our Linus blanket is made out of World Series pennants. I think we'll be okay. We will be okay. It's okay. Are you patting me on the head through the Zoom call? I am patting you on the head through the Zoom call. Thank you. I, I needed that. Uh... My classic game of the week is September yes. the 2nd, 1990, a date that some may remember as Dave Steve's no-hitter, uh, the one and only no-hitter in Blue Jays franchise history. Uh, surprising considering they're over 40 years old now, but it's incredibly difficult to throw a no-hitter. Steve yeah. had come close a few times before that, including one stretch uh, in the late 80s where he took no-hitters into the ninth inning in three consecutive starts and got none of them, uh, including a perfect game in one of them. Uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, broken all, they all got broken up, including one where it got broken up with two outs. Oh, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. Steve is like a Blue Jays icon. I mean, you, you, like, you hope like the, the new generation of Blue Jays fans, like, there's a lot of really compelling history with, with that ball club. And, you know, Dave Steve's got to be, you know, near the top of the list in terms of, you know, brushing up on Blue Jay history. Oh, yeah. He was an all-time great. And he brought it all to the mound every time he pitched. And killer goggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, man. He runs a uh, building company like not too far from where I live now. He's in like St. Mary's or not St. Mary's, but near St. Mary's and just lives a normal life because he was back during the era where you got rich, but not obscenely wealthy from playing baseball. And construction's good business. What? Yeah. Not, like not bad at all. I mean, Steve construction. I, I'm pretty sure I'd hire them just because, you know, Dave Steve. It, is Dave <laughs> Just, I, I'm sure he gets that a lot, and we apologize. But Steve Construction, hire them, go Jays. I guess. Yeah. Seems like a good advertising campaign. Yeah. Seems like it. Oh man, this this has been fun. I mean, we got to actually talk about baseball, and then we decidedly didn't talk about baseball for a long time. And then we talked and, about baseball a little, and then we didn't, and then we did, and then there was some Futurama. So pretty much part for the course for us. Yeah, sounds about right. So to wrap things up, you can find us on all kinds of podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a new edition this week. We are on Amazon Podcasts now. So you can Whoa. listen to us. So you can listen to us through Audible. Holy shit, right? So I should take back all of the things I've ever said about Amazon that they totally haven't heard from me, right? Yes, but now they might have. Mm. Also, uh, did you say podcatchers? Is that Yeah, podcatchers. That's the term for the software you use to listen to podcasts. That's like when I found out that, you know, female peacocks are peahens. Right? Like, okay, that's a thing. Also... It Peacocks isn't a thing. It's peafowl is the yep. the the gender inclusive term. Also, hey NBC, now you know, and ding, knowing's ding, half ding. the battle. GI Joe. Da, da, uh, da, da, da. <laughs> okay, where were we? Okay, sorry. So we're we're good. This is this is how our episodes always end. If you're new. Um, you we're part of the AZSE network, uh, or AZSE for our American listeners who don't know what a Z is, uh, which is a network of sport podcasts. Uh, it's kind of new, so check them out. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, one of their podcasts today that you should listen to. It's called Commish Talks. And it's, about, it's looking at sports from the commissioner and management side of things. Uh, so it's quite an interesting listen uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Which and I am. One welcome our new podcast overlords. Yes, definitely. All hail the podcasting overlords. Uh, and you can follow us on social media. The podcast is at TWI Blurnsball on Twitter, at TWI Blurnsball on Instagram. It's This Week in Blurnsball on Facebook and YouTube. Yes, you can watch us on YouTube if you want to see the visual gags we make, like Ben pointing to his Red Sox jersey or making waves with his arms now. Eventually we'll have gifts if we, you know, remember to do that. <laughs> for those of you who for those of you who are listening, you should watch to figure out what that was. Yes. Uh, we have way too you, much fun being on camera. Yes, we have way too much fun being on camera. And if you want to email the podcast, uh, we're twiblurnsball at gmail.com. We're always uh, listening for your feedback, your suggestions for topics, your suggestions for things we can cover, do better at, uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And uh, as always, give us five stars wherever you listen. It helps other people find the podcast. Uh, and if you don't like us, don't, don't give us a bad review because that doesn't help people find the podcast. Just, you know, because stops. we will start crying. Yes, we will. It'll hurt our feelings, and our feelings are fragile. Yes, all one of my feelings is fragile. Yes. So I think that brings us to the end of the podcast for this week. So for this week in Blurnsball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Ben Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us. Farewell from the world of tomorrow. You're still here? It's over. Go home. We're finished. Get out of here. <laughs>